0: Welcome to the Helping Children Thrive podcast, where we talk about ways to improve your child's health and recovery. I'm your host, Momena Sili, and I'm a certified pediatric functional medicine health coach. At Helping Children Thrive, it is our aim to educate and empower parents and practitioners with integrative approaches to children's health conditions. Along with this hope that our children can recover, I welcome you all. Hi, everyone. With the current focus of the world, I thought that it's important to talk about um, our children's immunity and how parents can adopt various steps to help them Im- increase and improve our children's immunity. For that, my guest this week is Jessica Donovan of Natural Super Kids. Jessica helps busy moms raise super kids with healthy food and natural medicine. As a naturopath, she has an intricate understanding of how the body works and natural therapies that can help support optimum health in our children. In her clinical work, she has helped hundreds of parents to transform their children's health. From minor issues like getting picky kids to eat a more varied diet, to helping clients navigate chronic issues like allergies, eczema, autism, and everything in between from ear infections to tummy issues. So let's just listen in, into the interview for today. Hi, Jessica, how are you? I'm so excited to have you here today.
1: Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, well, um, you know, I like to start off by asking everyone that comes on what got them on this whole journey. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started.
1: Yeah, sure. It's always interesting, isn't it, going back and, and hearing how people get into, into what they're doing. So as you know, it's quite commonly true for naturopaths. Um, It it all started with my own health challenges and concerns as a teenager for me. So I developed pretty severe acne, which as a teenager is really devastating. Um, And, you know, it's quite a long story, but really the only solution that the doctors had was to go on the pill, the oral contraceptive pill. And at the time I did that because I was desperate for For clear skin i had some hormonal cycle issues as well so the doctor prescribed the pill for me and i started taking it this was i was 15 so very young now looking back to to start taking you know those synthetic hormones and the pill it solved my problems my skin cleared up my periods became regular some of those pesky period kind of symptoms that i had disappeared and so I thought I was I was cured. Um, so I think it was six months later, I came off of the pill and realized that I was not cured. And that was really my first insight into well, this isn't actually solving the problem. And this is just a band-aid solution that works. Um, but what about, you know, even even my 16-year-old self was thinking, what about when I want to have babies? How is this gonna work? And um, so I started. S- like looking for another solution and and went and saw a naturopath and that's when you know this whole world opened up about how food and nutrition can affect um our health and our skin and our hormones and um and also gut health and and i'd had some digestive symptoms that i just kind of thought were normal for me um but they cleared up as well when I started making these changes. And now I know that there's that big link between kind of skin and gut health. Um, And so I decided this is what I wanted to do because I'd gotten such great results. Uh, So I, I studied to be a naturopath and that was, that was 20 years ago or over 20 years ago. That was, I graduated in, in 2000. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the the short kind of version of my story.
0: Yeah. It's, you know it's it's amazing how all of us kind of get into it through our own personal journeys right it's it's kind of mm-hmm. what gives us that that motivation to go out and help other people because if it helped us we want to help others and get them that information um and so you exactly work with children, right so predominantly um that's your your demographic that you work with and there're not that many of us out there so it's it's amazing to have more and more people work with children I think one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, and I think um, parents of children who don't necessarily have any diagnosis, but just, you know, our regular children who are in school, in, in kindergartens, et cetera, parents just want to know how can they make their children feel better and keep them stronger? How can they keep their immune system going? So can you just talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, and immunity is a subject that I really love. I've been talking about immunity a lot here in Australia, we're heading into winter. So it's sort of top of mind for a lot of parents. And I think, you know, a nice, strong, robust, healthy immune system in kids can have so many benefits. Obviously, um, it means that they don't catch all of the bugs that are going around. And it means that they bounce back from illness a lot quicker as well. Um, but with with immunity, it's really all of about balance so I always talk about the immune system as sort of having two main sides this is obviously very simplified because the immune system is very complex but there's that side of the immune system that helps defend us against bacteria virus microbes and that's often what we're thinking about when we're thinking about immunity but then there's the other side of the immune system um, that needs to kind of keep things regulated so uh, it needs to make sure that we're not and our kids are not reacting to you know certain foods and certain substances within the environment so with immunity it's really all about you know strengthening and balancing and as as we know you know allergies and other atopic conditions like eczema and asthma and hay fever um, are really on the rise as well so when we're looking after our kids immune system um, you know we're helping to combat a lot of those really common issues that we're seeing in kids and I like to kind of take it back to basics Uh, there's all kinds of remedies and things that can really help to supercharge our our kids immune systems but I think we need to really look at those basics and get those right first so you know the food and nutrition that's going into our kids is really important Uh, and we need to be aware that that it's nutrition that powers our kids immune systems and that's one of the big reasons that kids are getting you know sicker more often Um, these days? And also, you know, thinking about their environment and their lifestyle as well, are they getting enough sleep? So these are some of the basics that I like to sort of think about when when we're talking about the immune system.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I think I'd want to unpack that a little bit more for parents to kind of understand when we talk about diet and nutrition, right? What are we talking about? What should they include? What should they look out for? What should they avoid in their children's diet?
1: Yes, great question. Um, Because as I said, you know, lots of lots of mums and dads are looking for that, that remedy that's, you know, that magic kind of potion that's going to help their their kids immune system. And yes, those things can help. Like I'm a big believer in herbal medicine and homeopathic, but food is so commonly overlooked. And uh, food can either sort of deplete and have a negative effect on our immune system, or it can um, replenish and, and boost our kids immune system. So one of of the the big kind of um enemies when it comes to immunity when it, with food is of course sugar <laughs> um so sugar we we know i think lots of parents are aware that sugars i think most of us are aware that sugar is not good for our kids health in lots of different ways but what a lot of uh, parents don't understand is that sugar actually depletes immune defenses so um when our kids have a high sugar meal or a high sugar snack they their neutrophils which are some of their really important white blood cells they're sort of the first line defense against any sort of microbe that's coming into the body are uh, slowed down um and that their function is actually depleted for a good few hours after that sugary meal so it's almost like sugar um yeah like it drugs our our um our neutrophils and it makes them them slower and and less responsive Um, and our kids rely on these neutrophils to to as a as an important part of their immune system as well so high sugar in the diet is a is a big enemy when it comes to the immune system Um, and in general in general terms sort of processed refined food that is lacking in nutrients is not going to do our kids immune systems any favors either So they're the things that are sort of more more depleting and and on the negative side. And then when we look on the positive side, there's lots of key nutrients that are important in immunity. And um, a few of those are vitamin C. Uh, and zinc and vitamin D and vitamin A. And so these are often nutrients that are lacking in our kids' diets because they're eating more processed food, more nutrient depleted food, more sugar in their diet, which has that other negative effect of depleting some of these key immune nutrients as well. So I think in general terms, if we can try and get more whole foods into our kids' diet, so Foods that come straight from nature is a good way to think about that. Fruits and vegetables, and good quality proteins, and nuts and seeds, and whole grains—so things that have got a lot of nutrition in them—and um, more, and more specifically, we want to be getting lots of colour into our kids because a lot of these immune nutrients are, are known as antioxidants, and antioxidants are found in colourful fruits and vegetables. So, if we can just think about getting a bit more colour into our kids onto our kids' plate um, or into their lunch. Box uh, that's going to be a really good uh, thing to do for our kids' immune system. So things like kiwi fruit and um, capsicums, like red and yellow capsicums and cherry tomatoes and beetroot and the green leafy vegetables and berries. Um, so if we can, tra- and this is a good little project to do with our kids, like how many colours can we fit um, on your plate today or in your lunchbox today? And, of course, I'm talking about the, the naturally coloured fruits and vegetables, not the, the artificial colours. <laughs>
0: for sure yeah yeah interesting I love playing that um I love telling all, all the families that I work with try to get your kids to eat the rainbow so you know when they're younger they're learning the colors in school so it's something that they come back um and then want to kind of have a project like you said see how many colors can you eat in the day right start counting and see what you're doing and how that's going um and then you know just kind of entertain that whole idea in the kids of how they can nourish their bodies with, with all of these, like you said, antioxidants, but, you know, we talked a little bit about sugar and and one of the things I think I I want to really talk about is how sugar kind of shows up. So a lot of us parents where we know that sugar is bad for our kids. So we kind of take away a lot of the overt sugary things, but Mm -hmm. we kind of forget to, to look at all of the things that sugar is hidden in. Right. Um, yeah. So how do you work with your families with that?
1: Yeah that's such a good question because you know we think of the fizzy drinks or the soft drinks I mean you know I know different places in in the world sort of refer to these things as, as in different names but you you're right you know the cakes and the biscuits and those those obviously sugary foods but what we forget is you know most breakfast cereals that are sort of branded as healthy are really high in sugar most kids snacks even things like muesli bars and yogurt pouches which again we think that we're doing the right thing by giving them these instead of a cake or a biscuit can sometimes even be higher in sugar than the cake or the biscuit is. Yeah. Um, so really, I think that the main areas where I see kids going overboard with sugar is breakfast and snacks. So they're the they're the um the meals that I and the areas that I recommend focusing on first. So we want to try and move away from those processed breakfast cereals. And here in Australia, nearly all of the commercial breakfast cereals are fairly high in sugar. So if we can move towards more of a homemade muesli or a homemade granola or a porridge made with oats or quinoa um, or a chia pudding or a smoothie or an egg-based breakfast with some whole grain um, toast perhaps, then, you know, it doesn't need to be complicated. But if we can move towards some of these more whole food breakfast options, then we're doing a really good thing for, Um, reducing our kids' sugar intake in the morning. And then if we can look at our kids' snacks as well, you know, anything that comes in a packet is is generally going to be fairly high in sugar. And, look, we don't need to cut those things out completely. My kids definitely still have some packet food. Um, But we'll do do a a bake-up on a Sunday afternoon and make some sort of healthier cookies Um, so it doesn't have to be this kind of boring, healthy food. If we're if we're baking from scratch, which doesn't need to take a lot of time, um, then we can we can control the amount of sugar that's going into those foods. So, yeah, breakfast and snacks are are other areas that I recommend starting with when when we're talking about sugar. But also I'll just say that a lot of savoury foods have sugar in them as well. So those pre-made pasta sauces and curry sauces and marinades um, will often have a a fair bit of sugar um, in in them as well. So we want to be careful of that too.
0: And it really does add up, right? When you start crunching the numbers in from things that are savoury and sweet, by the end of the day, you've consumed so much more than what the, the daily recommendation is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's really easy to go overboard with sugar.
0: Yeah. And so for families, you know, when we talk about asking them to eat more whole food, more, you know, just food that, that's not processed, One of the questions that I always get back is, you know, but my kid is so picky. Like how can I get mm-hmm. my, my fussy eater to eat a variety of food or eat that whole rainbow that we're asking them to eat. And so how do you help your families with that?
1: Yeah and this is a big thing that comes up within our community at Natural Super Kids as well is the the fussiness you know we know if we do this learning like like your podcast um is sort of aimed at do educate educating parents on you know making better choices but then the other side of it is that the kids have got to eat it you know <laughs> it's one thing to put it in front of them uh, but what if they refuse it so I think that, you know, this is a really big topic, but there's a few things that I, that I would recommend sort of starting um, to think about. One is uh, the division of responsibility. I'm not sure if you've heard about this, this before, but as parents, we are responsible for, you know, what we're serving up for dinner or whatever meal it might be um, and, you know, where we're going to eat and how the sort of mealtime looks in our home. But our kids are responsible for how much of that they're going to eat and what portions they're going to eat. So that takes the pressure off us as parents but the important thing is that this is what we're having there's not you know these endless kind of options afterwards if you don't if you don't eat them um so that's one area where i see parents sort of go wrong it's like oh well you know i don't want to put them i don't want them to go to bed with a full tummy so i gave them that that sandwich that they wanted instead of dinner or i gave them that that bowl of cereal instead of you know of dinner and this is where if, if kids know that there's another option um other than the the chicken and broccoli or whatever that might be on their plate then you know we're we're not going we're not doing them any favors in terms of um you know, broadening the types of foods that they eat by offering them endless sort of options, you know, after dinner or or whatever meal it might be. So just keeping in mind that that division of responsibility, we don't need to force our kids to eat, um, but we, we need to kind of hold those boundaries of this is what there is available for you um, and you can pick and choose what you're going to eat. Um, another really handy tip that uh, can work really well for, for kids that don't like kind of certain foods on their plate is for them to have a, a learning plate next to their main plate. So you don't have to eat it. You can pop it onto your learning learning to like or learning to eat plate and just in, encouraging them to um just even have that exposure. So have it in front of them. Um, you know, maybe they touch it, maybe they play with it, maybe they, they kiss it, maybe they lick it. It sounds very um, kind of strange to some parents, but the, the what we know from the research is that the more exposure kids have to uh, fruits and vegetables and other foods, the more likely they will be to eat it long term. So, yeah, those tips. And the other thing I like to encourage parents to do is think about those those foods that your kids do like to eat um, and think about ways that you can supercharge or increase the nutrition in those foods. So for example, pancakes, you know, most kids will like pancakes. We can make a healthier version of pancakes by making some, some small changes over time. So Kids might be used to just having pancakes with a whole heap of syrup on top. Maybe we can pop some berries on top um, or to the side so that they um, are increasing that antioxidant intake. Maybe we can start to reduce the amount of sugar that we're putting into the pancake batter. Maybe we can change the type of flour that we're using in the pancake batter to a more whole grain flour often these changes need to be made slowly and it can feel really painful as parents, you know, to, to make these changes so slowly, but over time that kind of approach can work really well as well.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's really about sticking to this plan that you have and not expecting it to have answers in the first few days that you make these changes, but having the faith that if you keep at it and slow and steady, it's through exposure Um, that your kids will eventually get to that point where they're going to eat a lot of these foods and then they're going to feel better as a result of it. But it's it's not like a magic pill, like you said earlier. It's something that takes time.
1: Exactly. There is no magic pill for fussy eating. And it does take a bit of time. Um, Often it's how parents will respond to that fussy eating. Most kids will go through one or more fussy stages. We need to really make sure we're sort of holding those boundaries and keep serving up that food, even if they don't like it, even if it means you have to put everything in the middle of the table and the kids serve up what they want. That can be a really good, good option as well. But yeah, it's that it's that consistency and sticking with it.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, earlier you spoke about um, the environmental impact on our on our immunity as well, right? So I wanted to kind of Mm -hmm. come back to that a little bit as well. Um, What does that entail?
1: Yeah, so, so much that I could say about this. Obviously, with the the pandemic over the last couple of years, there's been an increase in the amount of, you know, antibacterial chemicals and, um, you know, hygiene and sanitation. And what we know is that, you know, overly sanitizing and being overly hygienic doesn't do our kids' Immune systems any favors. So our uh, our kids' immune systems need to develop as ours do. You know, even as adults, our immune systems are still developing, and for that development to happen, um, we need to be exposed to different microbes. Uh, and so, when we are living in this sort of highly sanitized world, which you know, in some ways, it's you know necessary with things that are going on at the moment, um, but we do just want to make sure that we're looking at that in a sort of a, in sort of a balanced way because. Um, we know that exposure to microbes helps to develop a healthy immune system and helps to develop a healthy microbiome, which is important in our kids' immune system and gut health, which affects their mental health and so many more things. So um, getting our kids outside regularly is a really good way for them to be exposed to different microbes. We know this kind of more indoor lifestyle that our kids are leading these days is having a detrimental effect on on. Immunity, and it's one of the many factors that is thought to be believed in the to be um, a big part of the the rise in allergies and atopic conditions because our kids just aren't getting that exposure to to the outdoor environment and all of those microbes um, that they do just from playing outside. And, of course, there's that vitamin D exposure that's really important for the immune system as well, that they are lacking if they're spending too much time inside. So um, a simple thing that we can do, um, which is important for us adults, uh, just as much as it is for kids, is to to get outside more. And there are certain chemicals, um, antibacterial chemicals and things like bleachers and things that, that do have a negative impact on our kids' immune system. So if we can move... Move towards, you know, low tox cleaning products, low tox um, personal care products, uh, then that can can do our kids immune systems lots of favors as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's sometimes it sounds very overwhelming, the number of changes that parents have to make. But, you know, one of the things that I, I, I like to to ask parents to do, and I'm sure that you have that in your um, in your group as well, is just asking them to pick somewhere and start with one thing and then slowly and gradually incorporating changes as you start to feel more comfortable with those changes. How, how, how do you recommend parents go about that?
1: Yes, I am all for that because, I mean, even in this, you know, 15, 20-minute conversation that we've had so far, You know, there's been a lot of things that we've discussed and for parents who uh, this is all new to it can feel like, ah, and when we know when we feel overwhelmed, it kind of freezes us. We do nothing. So uh, taking that step-by-step approach is really important. Um, and this is one of the reasons that I, that I started my membership, the Natural Super Kids Club, because there's so many things that we can be doing as parents to improve the health of our kids. Um, it's an ongoing project. It's still an ongoing project for me, who's an expert in this area. Um, so yeah, I recommend just choosing that, that one thing to start with and, and making changes in that area, um, you know, until it becomes a really well ingrained habit and then moving on to the next. Thing you know, depending on where you're at and how motivated you are to make changes, you know, you might make a few changes at once. But you know, reducing sugar is a really great first step because that has so many um, health benefits on our on on our kids in lots of different ways. Um, and thinking about those things that are going to be easier for you to implement. Um, so you know, even reducing sugar is a huge is a huge project, right? So maybe we just start with. Um, having a low, low sugar breakfast cereal a couple of times a week. And that is a good step in the right direction. You know, a step in the right direction um, is so much better than just standing still and feeling overwhelmed by everything. And each step we take, you know, builds on the on, on the last one. So um, yeah, making a list of, of changes that you would like to make, or you're thinking about making and just circling one and working on one each week, or even over a longer period of time is is definitely a really good strategy
0: yeah i like that you know just build it up rather than feel overwhelmed and do nothing at all right
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: yeah so you know you spoke about other factors so for immunity whenever we think about that there are other things like kids um sleep habits for example or Um, You know, a lot of parents don't really figure this out. But kids also have stress, whether um, Mm -hmm. and, and you know, it's something that I would like to talk about just to give parents an understanding of what that stress looks like. How do these things affect their immunity?
1: Yeah, that definitely. And, I, you know, the, the um, big factors that we've talk, talked about, the diet and nutrition and environment are really important. But, yes, yeah, sleep and stress are other kind of big basic blocks that we need to try and get right for our kids because if they're not getting enough sleep or their stress levels are high, and you're right, you know, a lot of people think kids stress. They don't, you know, <laughs> they don't know what's coming to them in the, in the adult yeah but our kids are you know more stressed these days than they ever have been before and that, you know, lack of sleep and too much stress affects their immune system and, you know, their mental health and their gut health, um, their neurological health, so many different different aspects. So, um, you know, when it comes to stress, I think kids uh, live, you know, kids have busy schedules these days uh, and they don't have a lot of white space in their schedules, a lot of kids. And so one of the I think we feel pressure as parents that our kids are doing all the activities and we're making sure that they're living their best life and, and um, you know, that, that they're having all of the opportunities that they can, whether that be sports or, you know, academic pursuits, or it's different for everyone. But I think um, all families can work on giving kids a bit more white space in their week and maybe dropping an activity. If they're doing activities every single day, as well as going to school, and then they've got sports on the weekend, you know, it's probably too much. And any downtime they have is probably spent you know in front of a screen is is the the sort of pattern that i see so um you know giving our kids one afternoon a week where we can just go and you know play outside and then they're getting that benefit of that that outdoor play which um kids are lacking so much these days as well um not overfilling our uh weekend schedules as well which i know is difficult and you know spending time together as a family connecting in an outdoor environment can be a really good way to start to to reduce stress um I mean, stress can present in lots of different ways for lots of different kids, but um, it's definitely something we need to, we need to be aware of. And lightening the load of their schedule um, is a great place to start.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of times kids we don't realize, but they do absorb a lot of the stress that us adults have as well, right? Um, we don't they they might not be able to verbalize it, they might not be able to talk about it the way that we adults would, or even show in our in our bodies, but Um, they do absorb it. And then there is a way that it shows up in their health.
1: Exactly. We do. We do really need to be careful, particularly for young children, um, you know, what we talk about in front of them, what they're exposed to in terms of media, um, news. Like I've always been very, um, you know, not letting my kids see the news. They're a bit older now. My kids are 11 and 13. So, uh, but still, I mean, the world is a pretty scary place and the news, particularly, it's all about all the bad news stories that are going on. I know I feel stressed after watching the news. So imagine what it's doing um yeah to our kids so really being careful of those you know conversations that you're having we don't we don't need to kind of wrap them up in cotton wool and not let them know anything about what's going on but we do want to really be careful what we're what messages we're exposing them to and trying to keep the environment you know somewhat somewhat positive um yeah
0: yeah, no, and it makes sense, because it's something that we're building their bodies up right now, They're children, but I mean, it's going to have an impact on them when they're older. So I mean, the more care we can give um, to f- literally fostering their, the growth in their body and to keep it healthy now, it's going to pay off later. Right.
1: Definitely. And this is this is, you know, one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about the work that I do, because it's not just improving a child's physical, mental, emotional health. Now, you know, the work that we do now for our kids will, uh, you know, will will serve them for for years to come. And we know that a lot of chronic health issues um, that we see in the Western world. Uh, our, our diet and lifestyle, um, there's there's a lot of diet and lifestyle factors in them. So if we can kind of um, try and instill that those healthy habits in them as children, then they're more likely to kind of continue uh, as they get older.
0: Yeah, Um I think those are some really great points just to get parents to start thinking about what they can do. Um, where can families find you? Where can they reach out to? You? Where can they learn from you?
1: Sure. Um, so my business is called Natural Super Kids and I am known as Natural Super Kids on all the platforms. So I'm loving Instagram at the moment, sharing lots on Instagram, Instagram stories and having some fun with Instagram Reels and (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, I've got my podcast, which is Natural Super Kids. I'm on Facebook, Natural Super Kids, um, and my website is naturalsuperkids.com and we provide lots of free information for parents. To inspire and support them to raise healthier and happier kids. Um, One thing we could probably add a link to in the show notes is I've got a free foods to boost immunity, little um, PDF that I would be more than happy to share um, with your audience. So people can kind of click on that and download it. And it's just a very um, handy cheat sheet. You can stick it on the fridge and it it sort of runs through the the particular foods that have the most powerful immune boosting effects. Um, So that's a really great place to start on the topic of immunity as well.
0: Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I'm sure everyone's going to really love looking into that and trying to adopt that, right. And put that into their daily lifestyle. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun and I, and I hope that parents can tune in and listen and learn. And then if they have any questions, they can reach out to you or me or, you know, um, we're just here to help people and just create this awareness that everyone needs to get their kids to be supercharged. Like you said earlier.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing uh, with your podcast. So it's been uh, really fun to have a chat with you. Yeah. Thank
0: you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you for listening to this podcast and spending your precious time with us at helping children thrive. If you find this podcast helpful, Please share it with your family, friends, and others who may benefit. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast on the review section of Apple Podcast. This will help other parents, caregivers, and professionals find this show more easily. Visit momenasalimcoaching.com to post comments on today's show or ask any questions about upcoming episodes sign up to receive a weekly update helping children thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare professional the information shared here is not intended to diagnose and treat your child before implementing anything discussed here on the podcast make sure to consult your healthcare practitioner see you all next week